I'm, I'm going to be bluntly honest. I think that this show has really gone off the rails this season <laughs> already. What? what? In, in just six episodes. I don't know what you're talking about. about. Six episodes? And welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. I'm Kate Batter. I'm Louis Perlman. Good job. You got in there. You got in there before me. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, I acquiesce. You have won this round, but I will come back strong next week. Oh, we'll see. Yes. (laughs) So this is your favorite Riverdale podcast by adults for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes and on all of the other ways that you get your podcasts. Uh, this is episode 7 million and 84. <laughs> uh, if you want to support the efforts that we put into this fan-driven podcast, please donate to a Black Lives Matter charity of your choice. Yes. That's, that's I think, how we're feeling moving forward. Yeah. Yes. Kate, how are you? What's going on? You know, quarantine. Yes, totally. Protests. Yes, but you've been protesting, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I went to the big one on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gone since, but. Yeah, but that was less than a week ago. Yeah. So thank you for coming out and, and supporting. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I think there's another one this weekend. Uh, yes, uh, there is. I'm aware. Yes, there, there certainly is yeah. another one this weekend. Um, yeah. And we hope that this podcast can serve as somewhat of a enlightened discussion in the world of Riverdale fandom. And that being said, I have a, a, a truth bomb to drop that I learned this week mm-hmm. that actually is in regards to inclusivity on the show. But I just want to put that little nugget out there and ask you, is there any big Riverdale news of the week? Absolutely not, so please tell me yours. Okay, well, I learned from a new friend of mine on my Archie Comics fan group, we had a discussion this week, and he's someone who has run some panels with some of the Riverdale writers and the Archie writers, that there is a reason why Chuck Clayton was portrayed so incredibly poorly in the first season of the show. And he's one of the only African-American characters. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is that that storyline was supposed to be Reggie Mantles. And that actor was not available enough to make that his storyline. Oh. So they decided to give it to Chuck, which ended up being problematic for many other representation reasons. One of the main ones being that he's one of Archie Comics's only black characters mm-hmm. and they made him into a creepy rapist guy. Yeah. Which seemed really bad. And instead they were going to give that creepy rapist guy role to a, uh, another character of color, which would have been slightly better. Not really. Uh, you know, I mean, I know that that re- we don't have that Reggie anymore because he was doing 13 Reasons Why. That's right. But, uh, 
and which is from what I understand is also maybe not a great show for teens, but yep. <laughs> I've never watched. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, apparently that also has some elements to it that are kind of, t- kind of gross and hard. That yeah. show. Yes. But you heard it here probably last, probably all the fans listening to this already know that, but it they was new news. for years. And every time we talk about it, they're like, should they're I like, say something? Yeah. Seriously. Should I send them a DM? Yeah. <laughs> but I find that really interesting and sort of ties into the struggles the show is having right now with representation, yeah. where basically several actors who've been on the show, and we talked about this last week, are being called out for their bullshit. And yeah. I hope that they do continue. I hope the show does continue to be called out for its bullshit and becomes a more represent representational show. I think it's interesting, too, because that changes... It, they had to change Reggie's whole arc. Like They did. Yeah, he's totally... Like, if he had done that, he'd be in a totally different position now. He would be, and... I feel like what they ended up doing with Reggie because of the casting issues is they sort of defaulted him to being a little more of a traditionally portrayed version of the character from the comics, which is interesting in itself in that sometimes he can be like a real foil for the main characters and sometimes he's on the side of the angels. And that in itself is inconsistent, which is somewhat, uh, you know, representational of the comic character as well. You know, you don't really, Reggie's a loose cannon. You don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, I mean, representation-wise, uh, Monroe was not even in this episode. No, Monroe, the episode deals with deals with the, the gym a lot. He was like fully replaced with Reggie, so it was like a reverse first season. Yes, absolutely. And here's Reggie running around with no Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, also, you know, uh, yeah, re- representation-wise. And then in terms of where we're at, just to let our fans know, we're recording this on June 12th, mm-hmm. and there has been no official word of any sort of reparations happening for any yeah. of the cast members on the show that have spoken out, Yeah, uh, like maybe giving them equal pay or bumping up their role in the show. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. But I we'll- mean, maybe, you know, the next season will hit and it will be equal. And just like right now, they're working out the- contracts and stuff because it does involve lawyers but uh or maybe vanessa will leave the show yeah. and get hired to play batwoman That'd which be great. would be or great or she just yeah 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 she jumps to katie keen exactly <laughs> well let's talk about this episode then we have a very special guest to do our episode recap with us today yes he's my roommate yes he's also a very talented actor, performer, and writer. His name is Marty Kaiser. Give it up for Marty Kaiser. Woo! Oh my Marty oh my from God. my roommate also said that fame. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I am so grateful and happy to be here. It's, I've been an admirer for a long time. <laughs> Marty and I have been watching every episode together for at least this season, if not the last two seasons. And he always has a lot to say. And he watched the first two seasons on his own to get caught up to me when he yeah. realized it was a prerequisite for living in this household. <laughs> I actually caught up some way halfway through season two. Yes. And that's when we started watching together. That's right. Can you take away your background so I can see Marty? <sighs> yes. 
fine. Hold on a moment. So many demands. No, that's totally fair. Really? Can you hear him okay, though? I can hear him fine. Now I can see, like, his hair. <laughs> Here we go. Hey. Great. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so Marty, when you started watching the show, you had, like, little to no knowledge of the Archie brand or characters. So how do you feel about the show when it started? And how do you feel about it now? <laughs> these are all great questions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought about these. Yeah, uh, I did know next to nothing about the Archie comics series. Mm -hmm. um, comic books weren't exactly my thing. Um, I had sort of a cursory awareness of it. Um, probably saw a few comics in the newspaper every once in a while, but it wasn't something that I knew basically anything about. So you learned about the characters through the show. Yeah, and through my incredible encyclopedic knowledge on the subject roommate. Mm -hmm. you're, you're basically a walking encyclopedia. I am, I am. And it is just great <laughs> that I am, and I still don't, I'm not getting paid really, for the most part, to be doing the things I'm doing with my incredibly good knowledge base. Yes, we'll see what we can do about that. Yeah, maybe, you know, um, yeah. we said it before on the show, we'll say it again. I think what Riverdale needs more than anything is two highly opinionated uh, <laughs> writer's assistants that will, yes. keep the, that will keep the show in line with our values as yes. older, liberal, white adults. <laughs> <laughs> we need more of those. Yeah, exactly. So... Just saying, if any of the writers still listen to the show after we've criticized them to no end over the last, I'd say, run of 20 episodes. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a way to perhaps shift the criticism into cr constructive criticism. I feel you know, we're always constructive. highly constructive. Right. No, I'm saying I yeah. agree. I think yeah. you are always... ...highly... Uh, yeah, I mean, usually with other work that I do in the field of creative stuff, I charge for my notes. So they should really be thrilled that they're getting them for free. I'm sure Kate agrees with that, you know. I mean, yeah, as someone who's unemployed, I can't believe I'm just giving them this free knowledge. Yeah, exactly. For what? Exposure? Yes, exactly. It's, uh, it's a terrible system. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so this episode, let's get into it. Yes, hereditary. hereditary. It's episode six of the season. Oh, yeah. And Marty, overall, how do you feel like this season is faring in comparison to other seasons? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be bluntly honest. I think that this show has really gone off the rails this season <laughs> already. What? In, in just six episodes. I don't know what you're talking about. about. Six episodes now? Yeah, no, uh, I think it's fine. And, and it's, it's just... Uh, I really, really liked this show, and you really I did. You liked I, season I actually, three? Well, no, I liked the season garden two. Okay, yes, that's fair. <laughs> so we're going back a ways. Yeah, um, and the gargoyle stuff was, um, you know, nonsense, but it was grounded somewhere. Uh, all right. And this is just like, I mean, we got rocket ships. We've got <laughs> like uh, spooky dolls, which is my least favorite thing. Marty doesn't like horror movies and doesn't like like movies with supernatural things. So yes. this spooky doll thing is really bothering him, uh, like visually when we watch the show together. And it has ruined my favorite character. Yes, Cheryl Blossom. Yeah. Who, wow. Yeah, yeah, who Marty loves. Yeah. 
Uh, I have a theory about the whole spooky doll shit that we'll get into <laughs> this episode. Uh, I have a big theory about it, but I just yeah. want to sidebar spooky doll real fast. Do you remember the SNL Christopher Walken family reunion? Uh, vaguely, vaguely. Because Amy Poehler had a doll that was really spooky. <laughs> and that's all I can think about was spooky doll. Yeah, when we see that fucking doll. Yeah. This, her, her doll that is very spooky. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like haunted dolls as next as the as much as the next horror geek, but boy, is that ever a thing that's now a big thing in River, in the Riverdale plot. And it's really not my thing. No, no, Marty doesn't yeah. like scary things like that. I just real quick on the sidebar now that I'm thinking about it. Have you seen the movie Hereditary? What the fuck did this episode have to do with that? Not only the movie, but even the word hereditary. Uh, like, well, uh, there was a familial relationship. It was about familial relationships between Cheryl's creepy family members and yes. Jughead's relationship with his grandfather. Okay. And also, the uh, I think, the continuing of the, the psycho killer gene being hereditary in the the cooper family yeah in the cooper right. family and also the fact that this is the episode where hiram lodge is now really back on the scene yeah after okay. we get take it all back a lovely <laughs> no, don't take it all back because it still has nothing nothing to do with the movie hereditary. no the, it has nothing to do with the movie you know i would have really loved maybe to see you know a bird fly into kevin keller's face or something in this in this episode which happens in the movie to hereditary but it doesn't happen in this episode that i don't even remember that happening hereditary because doesn't that, hap- happened in it. doesn't that happen in hereditary doesn't a bird fly into someone's face i think probably yeah i know i did not like that movie no i was surprise. I not a fan no information on this yeah not a fan yeah. of that <laughs> film so yeah not one of my favorite horror flicks from the last few years so let's let's get into it here. The Black Hood is abuse is like picking on children immediately. Real right before that in Jughead's yes. voiceover, he explains the artful dodger yet again. Yes. Yes. And my, time and, after time. Yes. And they just never say Oliver Twist, but they just keep implying it. Mm-hmm. As that was happening right off the bat, I was just thinking, is anyone else completely sick of Dodger? <laughs> when are the children going to start picking pockets? Yes, that would be good. Or dancing and singing on the tops of taxi cabs to Billy Joel songs. <laughs> yep, yep, there's that one too. <laughs> yeah, just just wanted to drop that reference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Black Hood slash Archie just arrests children and then frees them. It's like the the pinnacle of gaslighting. It is. It is the pinnacle. <laughs> Absolutely. Also... I still really don't understand how Archie has these, like, ninja powers. <laughs> how he could, like, handcuff someone to a steering wheel like that. He was, like, all, he was like waiting in the back of the car. Cars that old don't have quiet doors. Yeah, like, he's, he's <laughs> literally, like, he's literally, so like, like, Batman level with his levels of stealth. And there was an entire movie where we saw how Batman got that, you know, was able to do that. And even then it was still somewhat unbelievable and fantastical. Yes. But yeah. Archie can just like do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where, where did he go for this training? Yeah, exactly. Like, did he go to like fucking, you know. It was Kevin's like, dad, Did he right? cross the Sweetwater River and go to, go to uh, Green, Greendale? You know, yeah. like where in was, the area? It was, it was Kevin's dad when he taught Archie how to box. That's right. He was also like, 
okay, so this is how you sneak into an old car undetected. And, like, it, was, and it was just like plugging in like in the Matrix and he's like, wow, I can sneak into cars. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Archie got like blue-pilled or whatever, right? Yeah. Or red-pilled. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm still not sure. Anyway, yeah. So bad one. That's all I know. Or and then, the good one in the Matrix. Yeah. I can't remember which one's the good one in the Matrix yeah. either. I think it's the red pill because it meant, made them like see the truth. Yes. Which is yes. why like all the red pillars online think that they're like seeing the truth. Yes, like, that's like, right. Yeah. Because they've co-opted a movie made by two trans women. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> uh, for their, their alt-right purposes. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, yes, moving on. <laughs> so then we learn that you save the town one kid at a time. Mm-hmm. which uh, I believe you save a town through massive policy change, but that's just me, you know, but that's fine. That kid. You know, it's also unclear how many children in this town. If there's only five children, as it seems to be like one kid at a time, isn't going to take that long and you might as well. That's fair. If there's only five children in Riverdale, well, Riverdale, I mean, Riverdale grows and shrinks depending on what is needed in each episode. Sometimes Riverdale is 10 people and sometimes Riverdale is a population of like, (laughs) you know, 10,000. Enough to fill multiple prisons. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Riverdale. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, Riverdale's an optical illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that I could get on board with, maybe. Sure, totally. Riverdale's one of those houses where if you stand there it doesn't matter where you stand. It looks like you're taller than the other person. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a reference to the great final scene in Labyrinth. but um, Oh, sure. I'm a little disappointed now. That's fair. Yeah, Riverdale is an Escher yes. painting you walk around in while you're trying to save your baby brother. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> so Dodger is rightfully mad because his workforce <laughs> is being stolen from him. Yeah, yeah and that's going to be a whole thing. And then Jughead is having writer's block. Yeah. Because he feels a responsibility to writing a new, you know, Baxter Brothers book. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, I, I, I do love this because this puts Jughead into the position of fanboy who is being asked to write for a, a group of characters that is very old that he cares about, which basically puts him into the position of the writers of the show in a way that is somewhat metatextual. And I feel like Jughead is very often being used to explore sort of greater metatextual themes when it comes to the show, you know? Yes. To be this clear is- though, hiring writers assistance with those feelings would not affect the show negatively. No, it'd be very positive for the show. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, uh, certainly. Um, I did notice that Fred's truck is parked outside of Pops. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm assuming Archie's driving it. I guess Archie's driving it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. When Jughead comes to then see Betty, she has the burger ready for him. I know, Mm. it's so nice. And then they have- Jughead twice travels in this episode, and there's just no understanding as to how far or close Stonewall well, Prep is. talk about the mode of transportation later. Yes, yes it's, a train, it's a train, which yeah. I think makes it actually more vague than less vague. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it like, could be Metro North-esque. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They um, have that elevated train system, though, so maybe it's not that far. They do. In the last episode, we see that 
Riverdale has an elevated train, which is canon now and not just the fact that they could shoot on an alley that has an elevated train view in Vancouver, <laughs> you know, because the Vancouver has that train. So yeah. really, I yeah. think Jughead is actually blocked because he's obsessing about this metatextual experience. With oh, maybe. This text that he loves and he's not kissing his girlfriend. Yes. Well, um, they do kiss and boy, is it weird. Yes, but he has to be reminded twice, two times. <laughs> I wonder if- Kiss your girlfriend. Uh, apparently Cole and Lily aren't together anymore. And I have nothing but respect for that. But yeah. I wonder if, if like their relationship hit a difficult patch and it made it hard for them to commit to the relationship on the show, which I could imagine being actually like kind of a hard problem. Huh? So the writers forced it on them? Well, yeah, the writers are like holding, like, uh, holding up a Betty doll and a Jughead doll and saying, now kiss, which guess what? No. They've been doing the entire time because Jughead is asexual. <laughs> the end. <laughs> So, you know, that's that's just been a problem with the show since since day one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then we learn that Julian needs a body God. <laughs> to inhabit. So I'm just going to I'm just going to talk about it now just because I think this is this sort of um, flavors the talk about the rest of the episode. I totally think it's. Cheryl's family members who are moving the doll around and who are causing bad situations for the twins so that they can commit Cheryl and, and buy that property. Um, and I think that's how this is going to be explained. Yeah, uh, that's about right. I can't. Yeah, you <laughs> Yeah, you've you've watched ahead and No, you, I don't oh, remember how this resolves. <laughs> great. Love it. Yeah, I mean, because if this is also, we've talked about this a lot, but it's worth repeating here. If the show does take a turn into Supernaturalville, USA, mm -hmm. then it really flips the rules of the world of the show in a way that they seem very reluctant to do, which I don't, I personally wouldn't mind it. I think it's fine. I think that as long as they stay true to the characters and the characters are well-written, I don't mind what happens on the show. But they're just, they just don't seem to be willing to do it. So all this stuff about the salt circle and the brick mm. in the bath and all that crap is just like, like we know this is going to be resolved. And it's, it's quite silly. And mm. that doll is very creepy. So creepy. And, and I don't like it one bit. Yes. Um, I do have to say from an acting perspective, and this is just evidence as to why I like Cheryl so much, is that um, despite these insane storylines that and and circles that were were running her through she actually gave an incredible scream from waking up from that dream totally that was a really good scream it was and it did not wake tony <laughs> somehow <laughs> well maybe tony's quite a heavy sleeper or maybe tony is used to cheryl awaking and screams i, I think that's probably it it's like uh, systematic desensitization yeah she's like yeah. oh yeah she's just screaming i can block it out like, i mean now she's gonna move in with someone or she's gonna like have a baby and they're gonna be like why are you sleeping through this she's gonna be like i learned yeah yeah totally <laughs> i i feel like they a lot of the actors in this season in particular are really powering through some real bullshit and doing a great job. And I definitely say Madeline Patch is doing a very good job here. Yeah, yeah. doing a lot with what she has. Yeah, doing a lot with what she has. I, I also feel even that in terms of the character portrayal and just the look of the character, 
I, I kind of feel like the costumes are a little weaker this season. Like there's Everyone's not as much. We're so short this episode. Everyone's shirts were short. Shirts. All the girls' skirts were yes. like. And, 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 and Marty noticed this later on in the episode. Uh, yeah. Madeline's wearing like this sweater that sort of has these like flaps on it. Uh, and it was white. It, and it's white, and it looks sort of like a straight jacket, yes, you know, yeah. during that scene where they were talking about committing Cheryl, which is fine. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm actually okay with that because it does serve as something of a fanboy nugget um, where it's like tracking, oh, they're actually putting some thought into uh, extra layers of things. That's the way I received it. That's fair. Yeah. I, I just feel like... The show, sort of the fashions of the show existed so much more in the earlier seasons of being quite out of time mm-hmm. in a way that I thought was so striking. And I'm just sort of seeing that less and less from the show. Yeah, this is a good time. I'm going to jump ahead a couple scenes. Sure. I meant to put it on before this, but Kevin is wearing a J. Crew shirt that I do own. <laughs> yes. I bought it from the men's section. <clears throat> totally fair. I own that shirt. Yes, that's a good point. And I feel like specifically with characters like Kevin, they are kind of dressing him more just like um, neutral gay. Yeah. You know, neutral gay hotel, my favorite. <laughs> oh, they're a my, great band. My favorite band. Yeah, yeah um, that's, that's kind of how I feel about, about, about sort of the, the clothes in general. Like they're, and, and some of the writing too. They're sort of, they're sort of uh, smoothing out the characters and making them a little more stereotypical. Yeah. So speaking of which... Then, you know, we dodge your trash the community center. Okay. And, like, Reggie cares so much because Reggie's just Monroe in this episode. Maybe <laughs> maybe that actor wasn't available or something. Because I do agree. It feels like it's just substitute Reggie for Monroe. Yeah, and there's a scene later, though, where, like, Reggie, like, knows nothing about the Dodger situation. Yes. <laughs> like, wh- where have you been, dude? Yeah, like, you weren't, I, oh, did you forget about that part where you were so upset about the place being trashed? And, like, the episode before where you, like, confronted him? Yes. <laughs> and, and is Reggie, at this point, resolved with Monroe? Because uh, they were, you know. That's right. They had a fight. serious well, competitors. Reggie like. made up with his father 16 years of abuse in, like, an episode. That's so. right. Time traveling. Yeah, maybe Reggie's like, maybe Reggie has a time machine <laughs> that we don't know about. You know, um, it wouldn't surprise me. Jughead's, canonically, Jughead's beanie can travel through time. So maybe Reggie stole it, you know? Yeah, you know, you never know. Anyway, <laughs> and then we have this scene where Betty, who now is best friends again with Kevin. Yes. Uh, we just have to get over this because uh-huh. <laughs> I still am like, oh my God. But anyway, Best Friends with Kevin is like running by with Kevin all the proof that she has that her brother is a serial killer. Now, when did she start this investigation? At the end of the last episode. Yes. She yeah. was like, I'm going to track him? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I just don't remember that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So now she's like doing it. Yeah, and, still doing the work. And, you know, he thinks, Kevin thinks that he's just a lonely gay guy, which is, you know, I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I really appreciate lonely gay guys being compared to serial killers in that way. I don't know if that's the healthiest analogy, you know? Yeah, it feels a little like Kevin projecting. That is fair. And once again, Kevin is, is lonely because he never gets to have a nice boyfriend on the show. Nope. No. And he's still probably 
feeling some of the effects of the trapped loop of the farm. Sure, but we can you know, assume. God, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just that let's, let's, that's uh, that's oh, okay. us projecting. Okay, okay. Yeah, because that happened seven years ago in the timeline of the show. So yeah. <laughs> that's us projecting in an alternate reality of linear time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they run on Jeremy Barry and Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> so then we learn from the next scene, which features all of the 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 lodges together. In a scene for the first time in this in the season, that the oh prison is chugging along and accruing income, so it means that it's time for Hiram mm-hmm. to move on to his greatest love, which is rum. Yes, yes. But, Here's but, the but, but I where's had the rum? Yeah, but where's the rum? <laughs> Hermosa seems to know Hiram so well. Very well. But Hiram has secret not daughter. been in her life for like that whole of Veronica's life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't know. I guess I'm asking too many questions about a show that we know is never going to answer it. Yes. Like was Hiram flying back and forth? He was in was, prison for a while in Canada. That's right. I forgot about that. I forgot that Hiram starts the show in prison. by being in jail for quite a while before he gets yeah. let out at all. That really season two is the beginning of Hiram. Mm-hmm. So it does just timeline wise. Well, maybe Hiram was doing a lot of prison phone calls to Hermosa. And talking like, about rum. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing is do we, has he ever talked about rum on the show before? I think so. I thought that I, he offered Archie whiskey once a very good whiskey but not a good rum I thought it was a rum maybe it was a rum I can't remember I what I don't remember what's further ahead in this season and what happened in last season (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think part of me is hoping that it was rum because otherwise there's just zero connection yeah it's just like and now here's a thing about (laughs) rum you know and it's like because now we're really just leading into the fact that they have probably like you know Cuban American roots with right. the Miami stuff, which right. is, I'm cool with, but it yeah. just, it's, I just wish that had been laid out all the way through, you know, cause they, they did uh, automatically in the very early on episodes, it was very clear that they were a Latinx family. Yes. Right. It's just that now they're sort of, u- they're deciding to use it. I feel, yeah. you know what I mean? They it's not like sort of a makeup of like the culture of this family. Yeah, not that they- the family can't have, maybe I'm, I'm negating myself here, but not the family can have, you know, stuff about their identity that isn't just tied to their ethnic identity. Like, obviously, that's not what I'm saying here. But, you know, we we had Veronica's quinceanera in the first season. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden it's like Miami, rum, like, what? The name you Hiram know? was suspicious the entire time. Huh? The name Sick. Hiram was suspicious the entire time. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, we've been talking about that the entire time that in the comics, they're very white, these characters. And that's part of their identity is that they're like rich, snobby white people. That's why their names are Hiram and Hermione Lodge and Veronica Lodge. But in the, in the show, it's always been like, what? And I I liked the explanation of their last name being Luna. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, And I I also love the name Hermosa. That name's so fucking dope. I know. I know she's that character. I just want, the show to be about her now quite frankly (laughs) i love that character yeah okay so then they arrest all of these children but but dodger doesn't have drugs on him 
So there's no evidence, so they can't arrest them, which is so, exactly how the law works, and none of us should question it. And this is why all cops are great. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> but is this really... If a bunch of people that have drugs in their possession aren't like, I'm part of this ring and this is the guy that is starting it and they confess to that, they still can't arrest the guy? No, they have, they have full grounds to arrest him. Okay, thank you. That's what I thought. Yes, thank you. Full grounds to arrest Dodger. And, and uh, FP is like, you know, we'll keep an eye out here. And Archie's there with his baseball bat knowing Dodger has a gun like, nah, dude, I got it. Well, yeah, because Archie it has superpowers. Right, that's right. He's going to just swing away and knock that bullet out of the park. That's right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that's, ah. how, that's how that's how I know how to play bullet baseball. Bullets work. Yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. I can sneak into cars now. Yes, I can sneak Whoa. into cars and I can hit bullets. <laughs> yeah. That character. Oh my god. It's, it's, and then we get to Jughead figuring out that the first Baxter Brothers book was probably not written by that guy. What's yeah, the name of that character? DuPont. DuPont, yes, thank DuPont. you. Yes. This brings me back around. Where does Jughead find the time? <laughs> well. To, 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 to ride the train? How many, or how many, just to do anything? How many books are in this series? That's a bit, well, if it's like, no. If, if it's like Hardy Boys it. style, there's probably like 30 of them. Yeah. You know? At least. Yes. And he was like, I reread all of them. And it was like, did you? Yeah. I'm like, granted, like, he only needed to compare the first to the second to realize that they were different. Totally. But he was like, I read the entire series again. And I was like, cool, Juggy. That's you great. Know, they're fast reads, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But and for someone like Jughead, who's a, you know, vicarious smart. reader. Yeah. But he's still a student who I guess we decided, I think we decided a couple weeks ago is no longer taking like math or science or history or anything. No, I think his only education is sitting in a circle with those assholes. <laughs> yeah, he just has it's asshole circle time for Jughead at good old Stonewall prep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And then we learned that Forsyth, Forsyth Pendleton Jones, the first. Right. Who referred to himself as the first at the time. Was, uh, did he? Was that? There's like, at one point, Jughead describes like the author being listed as Forsyth Pendleton Jones the first. Oh my God. So wow. he knew like, that, that guy in high school was like, there's going to be more. There's going to be more. <laughs> and I'm going to name them exactly the same. After me. me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so but his nickname's amazing. His nickname. Oh, Frosty Pajamas? Yeah, Frosty, Frosty Pajamas! That is his pen name, yeah. Yeah. Good old Frosty Pajamas. So good. Love that. Actually had a legitimate laugh. Yes, yes. Frosty Pajamas. Yes. Great. Fr good old Frosty Pajamas. Yeah. My new, my new secret Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jughead will will find proof of this. Mm -hmm. Great. And then cut to the prison. Oh, and oh Marty hated this and I loved it. Oh. We get more with one of my favorite characters from the show, Mr. Greaseball himself, Chick. I think I'm coming to the point where I don't like Chick, but I really like that actor. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because he's still friends with the cast. Like, I think they all really like each other. Yeah, yeah. And I like to see people having fun, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, lots of larfs and nice, you know? That's what we want uh, on and off of the set of Riverdale, you know? Yeah. 
It's oh. interesting. I, I'm into this. I like bringing him back because I felt like all his stuff was so unresolved and I'm ready to have to sort of deal with him, you know? Here's going to have to. A real stretch of a reference I'm going to try to make happen. Great. Mm. So where he had been staying is often referred to colloquially as a roach motel. Yes. And the actual name is the Last Resort Youth Hostel. Yes. Last Resort, of course, being a famous song by the band... Papa Roach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, I... This is my last resort. <laughs> I apologize to all of our listeners who just had to hear me cackle like that. But I really I'm hope... I'm so proud of that. Like, I apologize to everyone that I, in fact, know that song. No, of course no, you I know that song. That's, great. The reference works. that's why we need more straight guys on the show every once in a while to drop those good old straight guy references, those Papa <laughs> well, Roach. I've got so many more. Yes. Um, you know all of Papa Roach's catalog. <laughs> <laughs> no. So then we learn. Wait, can I ask one question of about Chick? Oh, yes. So is. How did he get so hot in prison? Sure. Uh, fair question. Um, but he <laughs> yeah, also, he's, he's talking about, yeah, we were, we were sitting in bed doing Jingle Jangle. Mm-hmm. And have you, have you talked about uh, a direct reference of like Jingle Jangle to, to meth? Is, is this Oh, yeah, like... we're way past that. Yes, okay. certainly. Yes. Okay. Because that was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jingle Jangle is clearly this this universe version of math. Yeah, yeah. for wow. sure. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So then we learned that Charles killed this random guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, okay. And then, and then we've got, you know, this polygraph subplot and all that stuff. But just once again, is it realistic that from the time that basically Betty went to the last resort hostel <laughs> and Charles had just fled conceivably mm-hmm. the scene of the crime. This is my last he, resort. <laughs> Sorry. That he would, no, that's fine. <laughs> that he would have had enough time to get so clean, train with the FBI and then pop up in their lives in this season. Yeah, especially because the FBI, if you have smoked weed within the past three years. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no. You no cannot dice. join. I'm sorry. That's right. So I'm surprised that Jingle Jangle made the cut. Yeah, seriously. Maybe if those were no the way old... to test for it right now. You know, it's, it's such the hot new street drug. That That's right. The FBI you know doesn't right. even know what to do with it. That's right. The hot new street drug for the last uh, seven years because this show has no sense of time. Yes. Totally. Okay. But thank you guys for helping me answer that. (laughs) So then we learn the next thing that was notable for me, this is skipping ahead a bit, is that these kids are basically risking their lives as drug runners for pizza and video games. Mm -hmm. So two things. Right before we get to that, I want to say that Cheryl's salt circle was perfect. Yes, yeah. well, Cheryl is perfect. She's and if she's going to do a salt circle, she's going to cir- do that salt circle. Yes. Yeah. And then to know. the Archie thing. I feel like Archie's trying to set himself up as a role model to- for these children. But, well, like, yes. Not graduating high school. Like, he's like, if I looked at Archie, I'd be like, I don't know, this Dodger thing's working out a little better than this kid's life. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And Archie also doesn't have the greatest track record. Yeah, Archie has beat a lot of people up. 
Remember that episode where Archie terrorized a father? Oh. Yeah, because that yeah. was just a little while ago, and he was Four, so eight years ago. And was so that was so he was so scary and and bad that episode when the father was trying to defend his 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 son. The boy. You know the boy, his boy. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yes, and then but I did like how immediately Betty and Veronica figure out ways to help with this situation. Yeah, that's I think that's just like awesome i think that's great and that's like so that's such like a clutch betty and veronica move that's like you know that's them being written well i wish there was more on the show of the core four trying to help each other uh even if it doesn't always work for each for them because that's just sort of the core of how the characters are supposed to behave yeah i feel like veronica has been operating so independently of the other three totally but i also feel like recently Jughead has as well like they haven't really been intermingling as much as I would like you know what I mean even like I feel like both of the couples at this point are having a lot of like so how is your week conversations on the show because they're not really hanging out a lot together do you know what I mean like every time we connect on zoom before we start the episode totally please kiss me before you go into your latest tirade of the week yeah exactly just just kiss me first yeah exactly that's, um, like I said, exactly like Louie and I when we started the Zooms. Well, the romantic tension between the two of us is one of the reasons why people undeniable. keep listening. Undeniable. I know. It's undeniable. Yeah, absolutely. So then, Cheryl, there's been an emergency. A ping pong ball has somehow been lodged, pardon the pun, in the throat of Ooh. a uh, of one of the... Dagwood. Dagwood's throat. Now, Cheryl... Let's real talk here. This is what you get for leaving these children with Nana Rose. Very old woman. You know what? I'm not too concerned about Spooky (laughs) Doll, but I am concerned about Nana Rose. Like, OMG. I still don't understand how that is considered a good idea for any reason. And then, you know, Cheryl runs home before going to the hospital. Yes. Where so many candles are lit. Yes. What a fire hazard. The yes. most candles. Yes. And most all that candles. satin. I mean. Yes. No one's home. No one's home. Yeah. No one's home but a satin candles. <laughs> yeah. You know, my favorite 1930s blues song. No one's home but a satin and candles. <laughs> um, then we've got. Uh, then, then the doll and Jason are having a hang. Yep. <laughs> together. Uh, and then Aunt Cricket and Uncle Bedford arrive. Yep. And they sure are played by cartoon characters come to life. <laughs> you know, someone yes. drew them with a magic pen and they left off the page. Oh boy, they're real sketches of real characters. Mm-hmm. And then and then we get the Charles polygraph scene. Yeah. So we know as humans that polygraphs are unreliable. Yes. And that also Betty did not set a control question. Right up top, she jumped right in. Yes. Yes. We noticed that as well. And that also as part of his FBI training, he's probably learned how to take a polygraph correctly. And and lie. And and lie. In in order to lie correctly. Yeah, in order to lie correctly. And didn't, um, like, didn't she literally start that whole line of questioning by being like, did you kill that guy? Because I feel like yeah, that was sort of what she did. Like, yeah. can you tell me your mom's name? To yeah, like get totally. Yeah, like the, like the, yeah, the, this, the, the test question. Yeah. 
And then the Jughead sort of did the same thing with DuPont. Yes, he did. He's just like, yeah. I'm going to get right to the chase yes. and tell you why you bother me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What you stole from my family. What you stole from my drunk grandfather. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then we learned the chick killed the guy. Okay, right. that's and then fine. we learn mm-hmm. that Charles, though, got rid of the body by dissolving it in a bathtub, which if Charles had watched Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. would know it does not work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or if Charles had watched Pose, would learn how to properly get rid of a body oh, as well. There's, some really, there's a really good sequence in Pose all about that, or an uh, episode of Pose. Yeah, yeah, so Breaking Bad and Pose are both great places to find out how to dispose of a body. Yes. Not Riverdale. Not Riverdale. Not Riverdale. Yeah. But we do learn that he, this is when I had all these questions, so we already addressed them. Yeah, the whole the, the like, whole addiction timeline into the FBI timeline. Yeah, like, and even... He's still in N.A., which, like, even if the Jingle Jangle had been outside of this three-year period and been on the scale of weed... He's still in NA, which is like definitely not okay with the FBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like just makes you compromised. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure, it's just it's just a thing. So, uh, and then Hiram comes in, takes off and, the shirt, and says, "I'm oh. sorry for your loss." No, no, this is before the shirt thing. This oh, is before uh, the scene that I named Gross Hiram Torso. Oh, oh I named it. I, I got a lot to say about that. I hate this. Yeah. But like, what do we think? What do we think Hiram's trying to pull here offering Archie a blank check? Because I thought that scene was quite interesting. Oh, that scene. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Like, know. is this just more manipulation or Definitely. sort of like yeah. I won Archie? Yeah. See how mm-hmm. I can do this? hold this over you yes money is always power yeah Yeah. totally but it was it was somewhat electric to see them in a scene together again after all this time yeah it's been a minute and they do have such a good way of playing off each other and such a good rivalry with each other so prime hero and prime villain definitely they are the they are the top two everyone else is yeah all the rest of them are secondary yeah and then cheryl goes cuckoo about the chapel because she is being manipulated, I think, for sure. <laughs> and then we get, I hate this gross Hiram torso. And um, a slap with a very funny sound effect. That was the, as, as an actor, I can comment on this. The, well, we're all actors, but um, uh, that was one of the worst slaps I've ever experienced or seen, ever. I have stage slapped before and know for a fact that I did a better job. I have real slapped on stage. Yeah, well, that's before. how I stage slapped. Was I yeah. just slapped? Okay, okay. <laughs> he was like, "You're not gonna hit me hard enough for dirt." Yeah, no. Yeah, you just it make, was just you just make it safe. It yeah. was so dull and like like a thud almost. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel like this scene was the scene where you know uh, Marisol Nichols starts going dead behind the eyes, and she decides she is leaving the show. I think you could see it Definitely. happen like literally in this scene. She's Definitely. like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I, I see you do, do playing your move of removing your shirt uh, before we're even like even negotiating any kind yeah. of sexual and interaction. It's like, that's, that's the move of a psychopath. Yeah, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so not, so not into this. And I don't like this. This is, it feels unhealthy to me to be like, you know, some couples tie each other up, we order yeah. hits on each other. Oh. It's just the whole thing is, 
is it's still it's sort of still sort of a portrayal of abuse in a way that I think is kind of over the line for this type of show. They like stopped making movies about that 15 years ago because it's boring. Yes, that's mm. fair. It's boring and it's gross. Yeah. The next scene though, speaking of sexy things, I got to say <laughs> Jughead Jones is looking so cute in his little uniform with the beanie on top, especially in the scene where he's on the phone, he's kind of hunched. I'm just, I'm very, I'm, I'm all about it. But also, as I've said on, in the past on this podcast, I went to a school with uniforms, which mm. completely screwed up my entire template for what is sexy and what is not for men. So this is like- There's a little bit of uh, sexual nostalgia there. This is a real sexual nostalgia moment for yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is the scene where we find out that Stonewall is but a train away. Yes, but a train away. Absolutely. And then we are bribing the kids with burgers and shakes from <laughs> Pops, which is a great bribe, yeah. obviously. Delicious. And uh, then we have the scene where Veronica walks in on Hiram and he Hermione. He just the fuck out of her. He, yeah, and, and he delivers the greatest line ever written in a TV series, which is, and I'm going to do this some credit, can we talk about what this is really about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Talk about, about. Two abouts, yeah, one sentence. Can we sentence. talk about what this can is really about? Can we talk about what this is really about? about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a line that was that's written- a great line. Hastily. Great line. <laughs> hastily. Or maybe like he like flubbed the actual line and they were just like, it's okay, we'll, we'll fix yeah, it in fine. post. Yeah, it's fine. It. Yeah, And then they ended up having to use that. But I do like the- um, like, I do like Veronica's reaction, and, you know, I want to hear this from my mother, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's right, yeah, you know? definitely. Uh, she's trying to give her mom some sort of agency here, you know? But, Where unfortunately, she, she does not have agency. So, then, then we get the Frosty Pajamas scene, where mm -hmm. Jughead has cracked the case, and they say Frosty Pajamas 60 times. Yep. Which was great, was great for everybody. And then we get the scene where Chick is holding over the Cooper family the murder that happened in, that was like the self-defense murder that happened yeah. in season two that has just been hanging in the air for a long time. So I do like that they're trying to tie up this loose end here a little now, bit. Now, I gotta say... Betty's immediate resignation the second her mom yelled, how could you? Yeah. Was, no, I loved it. That Betty was just like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> what did I fucking do? Like, what? Yeah, how yeah. could I what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, I've been through too much. Thank you. Uh, we did miss a, an incredibly important of thing course. very early on, uh, which was the, uh, the suicide warning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to it when okay. we get to that scene. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. we can edit that. Because that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then Archie is confronting Dodger, who's brandishing some sort of... Does he have a stick? Curved pipe. Does he have a sword? I think it's like a tire iron. Does he have a... Oh, I don't think it was a tire iron. I or think like, it was a it was, weird pipe It was pipe some kind thing. of weird pipe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was very oddly shaped. Yeah. And then Dodger outs Archie as being the Black Hood, yep. which is what we're calling this vigilante version of Archie. <laughs> Not Asshat? Oh, yeah. Asshat is good, too. Yeah. Asshat. 
Um, but that is, uh, you know, like, yeah, like it's obvious. You are the same. Right before this, they were in the gym and Reggie said, there's some guy named Dodger outside. Yes. And that's when I was like, like where the Reggie, what? Yeah, it's some guy named Dodger. There's not two Dodgers. There's not two it's Dodgers. It's the same Dodger so you're already mad at. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like there's another Robert outside than yeah. the Robert we already know. Or yeah. like I know you've been telling me about Steve, and there's a guy named Steve outside, but I'm not sure if they're the same one. I'm not gonna make this connection here. Yeah, because yeah, like, either I'm being written inconsistently or I'm adult. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's inconsistent writing. Uh let's give Reggie some agency here. Yeah. Um, and Dodger seems to control his gang by whistling. Yeah, it was, I feel like it was supposed to be, like, um, in The Walking Dead with Negan and the Bat. I stopped watching, like, around that time. Sure, uh, I stopped watching around that exact same time. I think that's time. when most people stopped watching. Yeah, it was too much. But, uh, like, just the, like, knocking it against his hand and, like, whistling away. Mm. Yeah, whistling is a real sign of a sociopath, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. In, in case you ever hear someone whistling. Yeah, whistling's never good. <laughs> and then... Wait, I want to talk about something that has been happening this entire series and happened too much in this episode. Please. Which is whenever a bomb is dropped, there is this, like, non-diegetic, like, sound. Yes. That happened, like, seven times in one sentence this episode. <laughs> when, that's, that's the sign of bad writing, yeah, once again. Yeah, or, the foomp, using yeah, the foomp. When we yeah. need to use the foomp more than three times, and as you said, seven... I didn't fully count, but it was a lot this episode. And this was also an episode that I would say out of the last few episodes, not as much happened as in the previous few. Well, that's because... It wasn't as action-oriented. Can we talk about what this is really about? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no room for things to happen when we need to have big expositional dialogue scenes like that. Right. So, yeah. um, uh, Then... Jughead confronts, you know, what's his face? Uh, Another big thing before this. Okay, sorry. Um, I clearly skipped over stuff this episode. It's fine because you've caught stuff that I skipped well, over. We're yeah. dealing um, with different timelines too, so who yes. knows where anything yeah. is. Yes. Charles and FP like take care of the body. Mm-hmm. And Charles is like, Well, back to the hotel. And Betty's like, No, you can stay, but like, do they have a spare bedroom? Why haven't they offered this sooner? Like, why now? I just have like a lot. He doesn't have any of his stuff with him. Like, what is happening? Yes. Uh, I assume that they're gonna let him stay in Jughead's room. But so it was originally the Cooper's house, and it was Betty had a room, Polly had a room, and the parents had a room. Yes. And then now it's Betty has a room, Jelly Bean has a room. Oh, yeah. Jelly Bean has a room. So there's not an extra room. Yeah, there must be. Maybe he'll sleep on the couch. Why would you pick a couch over a hotel? That is a great point. Absolutely. Especially if you're working for the FBI. They're probably paying for the hotel. So. Yeah, the five seasons is lovely. Fact check, he's not working for the FBI. Oh, maybe he's another secret non-G-man. <laughs> Yeah, well, there were all those other FBI agents, like, hanging around in the background in one episode. Yeah, remember the bomb episode where yeah, he makes I Betty mean, defuse the bomb? Unless those are all his, like, scary psychopath so lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has a harem of, like, scary men that he's yeah. a, a lover with. But then um, Jughead does confront DuPont, where he finds out that his grandfather was worse than a thief. That's right. He was a vagabond. Vagabond! But he also calls 
Jughead, a bottom feeding dropout, which yeah. I think has a great ring to it. It's a good it one. It does. Yeah. Especially because that really describes Archie. <laughs> it sure does. That is totally true. It does not describe Jughead. It describes Archie. Mm-hmm. So here's a scene where, so unsurprisingly, if you sit with someone and immediately accuse them of something, yeah. it's going to go incredibly poorly for you. Within the first two lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that unsurprisingly went badly for Juggy. And now we're going to have to deal with that as the season continues. Yep. Yet another vi- highly sanctimonious adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to tell me to do? Then we have the scene where Hermosa is inviting Ronnie to their the, the vow renewal. I have a lot of questions about this scene. Of course, please. <laughs> By a lot, I mean two, but they're big. Okay. <laughs> One is like, didn't Hiram and Hermione meet in high school? No, they meet after high school. Because you know who Hermione was dating in high school? Fred. Yeah. Right, but they went to high school together. Mm-mm. Yes, they did. Oh, yes, that's right. There's Hiram the... Was in oh, the yeah, he was played by... That's right, I forgot about that. His by... own son in... Yes. So then, like, Hiram had time to go and, like, live in Miami and meet someone and have a kid and then eventually meet Hermione. But Veronica is the same age as Archie and Jughead who were born right out of high school because parents are the same age. You're asking excellent questions, mm-hmm. Kate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, but that's something we've asked before that's never been confirmed, is if all those kids were in the same graduating class. Was well, Hiram could, older or younger? You know, what about him? Um, then the timeline, that's only like two or three years. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, this, these are all good questions. Yeah. Here's my other question. Without looking, how old do you think the actress who plays Hermosa is? 38. Uh, I'm going to say 31. 30. No, because I felt like in the scene she looked older than Hiram and Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. She may have looked older, but she also always looks more fabulous. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She's great. I want to know who has bigger beads. That's, that's totally who has bigger beads. Bigger pearls. I'm pearls, sorry. yeah. Pearls. Bigger pearls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So then they're saying that Cheryl's having a psychotic break. Uh, that Cheryl's crazy. But, you know, I still believe that Cheryl is in the right here. Mm-hmm. Now, he asks, Jughead asks Mr. Chipping to help. But we know, because we all watch this episode, that doesn't go so well. No. But that also <laughs> has to do with some behind-the-scenes drama, which we'll get to in a few sentences. Mm. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so we have a few scenes before that. Is that what we're saying here? Yes, yes. Okay. Because I noticed that Archie comes home, finds his mask stabbed to the door and his instinct is not to lock the door behind him. No, it's to run inside the house immediately. Yep. And then we get a very realistic reaction from good old Molly Ringwald. (laughs) Mom, we have to get out of here right away. Archie, what? (laughs) You know? Her acting is, I would say, her acting is classic Molly Ringwald, which is that she's not acting. Yes. But from a writing standpoint, that is how a mom would react to a kid doing that. Like, I, I guess if my kid came in and was like, we got to get out of here. I'd be like, what the, like you were attacked by a bear a couple months or years ago. Like, what is your fucking deal? Kid? Like, <laughs> you're going to need to expound upon this. But that's the thing is that 
she knows that he's been involved with some like bad issues with cr- surrounding crime and organized crime mm-hmm. pretty much for the whole series. So, you know, and she also seems to be cool with treating him like an adult, and but only when it's convenient to her. And you know? suggested, why are you still here? Why don't you come with me to Chicago? Yeah. Yes. Like, because that happened just like two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. ago. So yeah, totally. So then... Hiram has replaced Veronica's portrait. Oh, how dare. Oh, boy. With a Hermosa portrait. And this is the first portrait I've wanted for myself. A giant portrait of Hermosa Lodge? Because we've seen Veronica's and we've seen Hiram's, and I am thinking that this Hermosa one is the best one. That is fair. <laughs> the Hermosa one's pretty pretty dope. That's totally fair. But that's also because, you know, we stan a Hermosa. <laughs> so, yeah. But... Uh, and then Ronnie, but Ronnie won't engage, which is like, I feel somewhat realistic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's like, no, 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 this is whatever. This is not, this does not concern me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not falling for this bait, which is good. And then she calls Hiram <laughs> a rum sucking leech. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the better lines we've had in a while from the show. Mm-hmm. Rum sucking leech. For sure. Yeah. And then Hiram has another little visit with Archie mm-hmm. where he says to Archie, are you suggesting I do something criminal? <laughs> Archie, there's nothing I can do for you. I'm sorry. And then he gets up and leaves and Archie's like, why, why did I have a meeting with Hiram Lodge at all? <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is this is the moment in the show where I realize that the family is totally fucking with that doll. But that's what's <laughs> happening here. Because <laughs> the family's like, we don't know a thing about this doll. That doesn't actually happen, but that's yeah. the way the whole thing feels. And then we learn in the next scene that Charles and Chick are still in love. How dare they? You have jumped several scenes. No, in the very <laughs> next scene, because nothing else happens that's important. Uh, what would you like to address? I was going to address Mr. Chipping. Oh, shit. Did I completely... Well, we never talked about it. Oh, <laughs> my God. I didn't... I missed the Mr. Chipping thing. Which happened, like, long, long ago. Oh, I'm It so happened sorry. very early in the episode, actually. No, it doesn't happen early. early in the episode. Yeah. It happens near the end of the episode. No. Mr. Chipping throws himself out the window. No, because then the, the DuPont guy has to come in and be like, I'm going to take over Yeah, that's spot. the last that's scene the with DuPont. that's the last scene. That's the blackout. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so Mr. Mr. Chipping... I have this written down, Marty. How dare you? Yes. Okay. So okay. it seems, it like, it seems like Mr. Chipping is under some some form of mind control, right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to do this, but he does. Yeah, and then yeah, he fully like defenestrates himself. Always he, a good time to use the right word. He what? He what's himself? Defenestration is when someone is thrown out a window. Yes, he defenestrates uh, himself. Yes, as, as an actor who has done a dive roll through a window before, I can say kudos to that. Now, here's the, here's the hot goss here. Uh-huh. Apparently, this actor didn't like being on the show uh-huh. and complained about the quality of the scripts. So uh-huh. the writers decided to kill him off. Love and it. then he tweeted about it later on. Mm. He said, the quality of the show really diminished by the time I was cast, and it was disappointing for me. And then Riverdale Writers Room tweeted at him, yes, that is why we threw you out a window. <laughs> 
god. Oh my god. So just just oh for y'all to know, that's what happened there. Yeah. That is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say. Sorry, there there was just. I noticed at the very beginning of the episode mm-hmm. when there was uh, there's like the the parental controls or the the mm-hmm. rating of the show. There was uh, a warning for suicide. Ooh. Yes. And that is a good thing. Which that is, is good. Positive. Yeah. Because if they're gonna play fast and loose with suicide stuff, there people should know that they're gonna see something like that in the episode. It's a very serious yeah. trigger warning. Yeah, to see very serious. To see someone jump out a window. Exactly. Exactly. Now I quick before we continue with the episode, want to say that we started by introducing Marty as my roommate Marty also said. And I want to change it to Marty as an actor. <laughs> yes, because that's happened several times. As an actor, I've jumped out a window. As an actor, I've enjoyed rum from time to time. As an actor, I have watched someone jump out a window and then stood perfectly still as though everything is normal. Oh yes. My God, that was such the wrong reaction. But it was such a <laughs> scary scene. Those kids just sitting. Like- in the chair being like, like yeah we expect that they were shocked they were just like of course yes because i think that they are in on it yeah they're in on it that's why sure. the for kids sure. love it the kids are into it they love yeah. it when their teacher throws herself out a window yep you know unlike real students who would never have wanted that for any of their i, I would be teachers. honored to be called either of those nicknames <laughs> marty my roommate said yeah, or Marty as, as an actor. I kind of prefer the first one yes. because I'm yes. not so happy with how I've, I've uh, put myself out there <laughs> as a sanctimonious actor. I'm an actor. So then we learn Chicken the Charles. horrible truth. Chick and Charles are still in love and they're cooking up a plan. Oof. Which, by the way, this scene should have been the blackout to the episode. Definitely. Yes. Did not need a it was upsetting for the episode to continue after it. That, agreed. Yeah. The episode was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like hands against the p- window pane, huge revelations with the foop sound. Yes. And uh-huh. then just like, but then we learned that Dodger had been wrapped up in a carpet, <laughs> but not dead. No, but wrapped Legend up in a carpet. Wrap, wrapped up in a carpet, in an IKEA carpet, probably. Yes, in an or, IKEA or carpet. I, I, ITA? ITA. Yeah, yeah. And then we learn that Mr. Well, but they speculate here. Remember, I have the subtitles on. They speculate who their new uh, advisor may be. And they guess Celeste Ang, (laughs) A-N-G. Great. Missed that, but cool. (laughs) But it's DuPont. For the listeners at home, there's an author. Father Celeste Ang, which yes. is an NG, yeah. Yes, so Celeste Ang, but they're calling there. It's a yeah, it's a fake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we get Dupont, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to be a real foil for Jughead until yeah. Jughead hopefully gets some former serpents to run him out of town. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we have a lot of like sort of mean, scary adult authority figure villain types this season that's a theme between dupont and principal honey Mm -hmm. these kids can't get a break yeah so the next episode ice storm storm which is 1997 ang lee film yes that was nominated for a screenplay oscar Mm -hmm. and is about like adolescent white angst in suburban upper crust america 
And I remember the film being quite cold and kind of hard to watch, but very engaging. It's an interesting film. And also there's a scene where the parents have a key party, which is like a swingers thing where everybody switches partners. And if that happens in the next episode of the show, wouldn't that just be a chef's kiss? You know, to no. see, to who see. Who would be involved? Think of all the adults. Who would yeah, be doing it? Because a lot of them are dead or in jail. Yep. But I sure would love to see Alice Cooper go home with Hiram Lodge. Whoa. Oh my yeah, God. That's true. A lot of them even have already slept with each other's spouses. That is yes. correct because of the nature of the show. Yes. So who's on your power and crush list, Kate? So my crush list, welcome back, Cotter. Number one is Chick. <laughs> really? Yeah, you know what? I was happy to see him. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, my number two was Clueless Reggie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A guy named guy named Dodger. Yeah, and then my number three was Tony. Ugh, Tony, who gets nothing to do in this episode. Yeah, but other she, than react. Well, she she takes out the the creepy uncle. That's true. Yeah, that's she, she fair. Hits him over the head, that's but. fair. She hits him over the head. Yeah, okay. but. My crush list was number one, Jughead, because of his little uniform. All, this is going to be all season. Uh, yeah, totally. Then number two, Charles, because I love a crazy gay guy. <laughs> love him. Love that. Love that portrayal. Not being sarcastic at all. But do, you know, certainly, I certainly do gravitate towards queer men who are going to be bad for me. So love that. Love this journey for you. And then mm-hmm. last but not least, Hermosa Lodge. All right. I mean, come on. Marty, you didn't do lists. Did I did. Mar- oh, great. Marty, oh. who's on your crush list? Uh, I mean, my crush list number one is always Cheryl. I know. You um, love her. I love Cheryl. Even in her bad sweater. Even in her ba- bad sweater, Cheryl. Yeah, but the, not scream, your fault. the scream balanced it out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, big fan of Cheryl. Crush list? I, I crushed on Hiram. Uh, I gotta say, Ew, with his torso? With the creepy remove the shirt move, creepy sweat this torso. It's a bad move, yeah. but uh, I mean, uh, Mr. Kelly Ripa looks good. That's fair. Dare I say Marty's new nickname is Brave? Uh huh. <laughs> yes, Marty Brave Kaiser. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know, even though she uh, just wanted to be kissed. Um, Betty Cooper. Takes I know the you. Place on you love her. I mean, I, I, th- I honestly think she's the most consistent performer on the show. I agree. That's I think fair, she's yeah. very good on the show. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Power list. Marty, let's have you go first for this one, just for fun. This is up. Hiram is back. Yeah, and he's gonna make things a lot worse for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Cooper. I'm not sure what his real end game is, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's he was looking very powerful this episode, and then. Um, Monsieur Dupont, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the new teacher of the English circle of, what was that wonderful it's a thing salon. you called it? What? It's a salon. It's a salon. <laughs> no, but you called it something earlier in the episode, the stupid English circle of- Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, stupid, stupid talking circle is maybe what I called it, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, Kate? Who was on your Mine was list? similar. I mean, number one was Vegas, but then- mm-hmm. my R.I.P. <laughs> My number two was Dupont, mm-hmm. and then I also I also had Charles. What is he up to? Yep. And then the other is this doll. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't like it. Male Annabelle. <laughs> yeah, sticking ping pong balls in babies' throats. Like I, what? 
It's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, if the doll was actually doing that, I would totally put the doll on the list. The doll, yeah, running around sticking ping pong balls in the throat of a baby is definitely a power move. It's, it's a flex a for sure. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on my list is Hiram number one. Mm-hmm. Then number two is Dodger, hmm. who is got ra- wrapped up in a taco. By That's true. He did get wrapped up in a taco by the end, but I feel like he makes a lot of big moves to really destabilize the community center in this episode. Then I have DuPont, and fuck that guy. I'm already tired of him. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. The worst. Can't deal with him right now. And then last but not least is Charles. Yeah. Because Charles, oh my God. The loyalist this week. Yes, very similar. Well, yeah. the, the episode did have very clear villains. Yes, yeah. they did. And they did make some big moves. But overall, for me, not my favorite episode of the season. One of the worst. It just wasn't cuckoo enough. Like, if you're going to go nuts, just go nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. I hate the salon, and there wasn't a lot of it. So you liked it more because there was less salon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) More. Usually there's two. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's true. There was less salon. uh, But there wasn't enough just, like, the kids like going on having their big crazy adventures which is what yeah. i think i like no, more than anything. they were they were completely getting manipulated by everyone yes yeah episode. totally they felt pretty powerless to yeah. me this episode all of them for sure well this has been xoxo riverdale marty yeah. oh my god that was so fun having you on thanks for being such a wonderful guest on our show i'm, I'm so honored to finally finally take part and being such a great roommate well you're the best you know it's great to be talking with you about something other than what we're eating for dinner you know <laughs> during during the the strange quarantine times we're having uh so you know you can so follow us on all social media and you can interact with us there and talk about the episode watch through that we're doing and as i said at the top of the episode do your research, and if you're enjoying XOX of Riverdale, donate to a Black Lives Matter cause that you care about, because that is really, really important right now to keep the focus on what is happening in the real world and not in the strange, fake world that we concern ourselves with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week well, for our commentary on the ice storm. <laughs> oh, let's thank the people that work for us. Let's thank our editor, Angeli Mercado. And our theme songwriter, Louis Aronowitz. Yeah, I can't believe I almost forgot this week. I apologize. I know. Uh, well, pals and gals, we will see you soon on... XO! XO! Riverdale! Riverdale.